Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Nathan Mitchell, and I am the Community Outreach and Advocacy Coordinator with the McShin Recovery Resource Foundation. I'm also a person in sustained recovery from a substance use disorder. Um, welcome back to our podcast. Today, I have two uh, staff members here, uh, McShin staff with me. I have um, one of my favorite staff members, and I say this uh, not because he's my boss, um, but because he is <laughs> one of my favorite staff members, um, Jesse Waisaki, our Chief Operating Officer, and also one of my really close friends since before he worked here, um, Joe Pelicane. Um, he is our urine test coordinator, our medication protocol specialist, all-around good coach, uh, recovery coach, and now soon-to-be PRS. Right, Already yeah, a certified PRS, yeah. So I'll let them introduce themselves more than I just did. Um, I'll start with uh, Jesse. If you want to introduce yourself and tell them who you are, what you do. Sure. Uh, so name's Jesse Wysocki. I'm the Chief Operating Officer, um, Certified Peer Recovery Specialist, uh, Certified Peer Recovery Coach, um, a PRS trained, a trainer as well, uh, and I'm a person in long-term recovery from substance use disorder. Great. And um, um, to Nathan, the best boss ever, you just said, right? So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, Joe, welcome to the podcast. This is your first time here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, who are you? What do you do more than I already said? Yeah, my name is Joe Pelicani. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm the medication and drug screen coordinator here at McShin. So basically, I help everyone with their urine screens, analysis, uh, making the, the list, and also with all the medication, we help people get their prescriptions, make sure they're taking them properly. I'm a certified peer recovery specialist. I'm a recovery coach. I'm a revived trainer. So I do revive training here once a month for McShin for Naloxone or Narcan, and um, strong advocate of recovery. Been doing it about two years now, and I really love the way my life's turned around. Joe, um, you mentioned revive training, and for people who might not know what that is, mm -hmm. what Narcan and Naloxone is, can you explain that a little bit, please? Sure. So Narcan or Naloxone is something you would give someone that's in an opioid overdose. If someone's taking too much heroin or other type of opioids or opiates, it's something you can give them to usually instantly reverse the effects of the overdose and get them to wake up and hopefully get them to survive a critical situation. Um, we do training here once a month. Usually it's the last Monday of every month. We've suspended it for this month just due to the COVID-19 crisis we're going through. But usually every Monday at the end of the month we do training here. It's about an hour after the training, you get a card to show you're certified. We also administer Narcan for free to don't see here as long as we have enough supplies for everyone. And uh, it's just a really good thing to have because in our environment, in the, the recovery housing we have here, and just the friends and family we have in the program, it's a really good thing to have on you because if someone goes into a, um, an overdose, you can give it to them either uh, nasally or injection, depending on what style you have, and hopefully save their lives. And it's not just for addicts. I've heard many situations with older family members that are taking medication for, say, a hip replacement and they're on morphine or some of the hospital and they may take too much. You know, an elderly family member that doesn't take care of their medication as they get older and forgets has taken too much and you can use Narcan to reverse the effects of prescription opioid medication. Right. It's one of those things that's used a lot by EMTs, first responders. If they come across a person who's, who's passed out or laid on the ground, they're going to check their vitals and they're going to give them a Narcan shot. Even if it's not an opioid crisis at the situation they're looking at, uh, they're still going to try that to see if that's going to help them because it has no negative effects. Right. It can be used on children. It can be used on adults. 
males, females, doesn't matter. And uh, if that's what the problem is, it's going to really help fix the situation. And so that Revive training is a, is a service that we offer free here at McShin. Mm -hmm. um, Joe is trained to give that training. Um, it's a service that all of our participants are invited to take, uh, a training all of our participants are invited to take advantage of, as well as other people in the community, to just come and to learn. And it's a very simple process. Um, and it's a, absolutely a life-saving process. We have the Narcan in all of our houses. And we have it here at our facility here at, at Hatcher. Um, and we have everybody, you know, when they come in, new people come in. The house leaders are, uh, as a house leader, I'm, I'm one of the first things I do is point out where the Narcan is in the house and instruct people if they don't know how to, how to, how to administer that. It's very simple, and I'm, I'm grateful that we have this available to us. Um, so we're talking today um, as we continue here from our, our third floor uh, studio. Um, here at Hatcher Memorial Baptist Church, where McShin <laughs> is housed. Uh, we're sitting here talking today about ways that we are dealing with the, um, the, the possible lack of connection in our recovery. You know, we talk about recovery, the opposite of recovery being connection. And in this, these days, you know, it's difficult to, to go into rooms where, you know, some days it's, it's a group of 30 or under. Now it's 10 or under in some places. Some groups are disbanding. Um, I know that uh, from a response here at McShin, we've had a very proactive response, and I, I brought Jesse to talk about what we're doing um, as far as uh, keeping everybody engaged and connected, and I wanted to bring Joe in to, to share what his experience has been with the online meetings he's been participating in. So I can keep talking, but I don't want to. Um, I want you guys, if you don't mind, share a little bit about what we're doing here at McShin to keep people engaged and connected, whether it's our participants but also the rest of the community, you know, as far as reaching out to the 12-step uh, fellowship meetings that are here as well. I think you're really good at this, Nathan. <laughs> Thank you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's my first time sitting here with you. You're good at this. Um, so, you know, some of the things that we're doing, I mean, every, everything is, is, for the most part, still normal, normal operations, but we've just had to take some extra precautionary measures. Um, you know, with with the um, what's it called, COVID nineteen? I call it the coronavirus. I don't think I'm saying <laughs> it right, but um, with this whole this whole thing that's happening in society today, which you know everybody I talk to that's that's older than me uh, has never experienced anything like this before. So it's it's really new to all of us. So like how we're handling it is is new because we've never had to deal with anything like this before. But you know, at, at McShin, you know, we're still allowing twelve step means to meet here. We are asking that they limit their number. Um, we are asking that if you're sick, you know, stay home. If you've been if you've been in contact with anybody that's had the virus, stay home. Um, if you're not, you know, on the verge of a relapse, our social connectivity is just the only thing you're looking for. Um, stay home. You know, this is the meetings that are being held at Hatcher for twelve step um, meetings are for people that you know. Are in dire need and, and, and need some help. Um, we've actually been allowing our our participants in our houses to stay home at night for the meetings and do virtual meetings. Um, but we're still open to the public at night for the twelve step meetings. Um, we have a count sheet on the door where we're counting how many people come in, and then we're capping it off. Um, and then we have the chairs set at a social distance length. Um, you know, hoping that they don't get moved. And uh, and then after every group, we are disinfecting the chairs 
Um, but, you know, here with inside the RCO, we're still conducting groups. Uh, we're still doing one-on-ones with the participants. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to, we're putting out live videos of each group a day, you know, to try to help for others that suffer from substance use disorder. Uh, you know, you know, we're, we're trying to do the best we can. Of course, it's hard. Um, you know, this is tough times, tough times financially for everybody. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, you know, one thing I know is that, um, the, the illness of substance use disorder is still alive and still active uh, while the coronavirus is going on. So we can't like forget about that. And I think that's real important for all of us that are in recovery. Um, you know, we can't forget that we still suffer from a disease that will bite us at any time. And the next thing you know, we're out um, robbing and stealing and then we're locked back up. You know, so we got to make sure that we stay diligent, um, whether it's through the virtual uh, stuff which I haven't tried yet, so I can't really speak on, on that. Um, you know, I, I, um, I was joking with with Joe, who he'll, he can talk about it a little more. But you know, I was joking with him how I was in an argument with my fiance last night about it because she's all like, "We need to do a meeting every night," and I'm like, "I'm not doing that virtual stuff. I want some social connectivity." You're um, over forty, yeah, like yeah, me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I told her I was like. Let's just invite some people over the house and, and do a meeting, and, and that didn't sit too well with her, um, you know. But I think we all just need to stay diligent. Um, pick up the phone, call people in recovery, you know. Pick up the phone, call call our mentors, call our sponsors. Continue to talk, you know. Do the virtual do the virtual stuff if you can. Not everybody has access to internet. Not everybody has laptops. So you know, what, what do we do about those individuals? And I think that's probably one of the main reasons why McShin. Is trying to keep our doors open, yeah. um, you know, because we want to be able to help those that don't have that access. Um, yeah, I, I can tell you as a as a house leader, but a, you know, as a participant in our housing, um, what's been extremely helpful for me because <laughs> because I'm not you know immune from the craziness um, <laughs> that that can get into my brain. I have a disease for which there is no known cure, and that disease will manifest itself in, into trying to isolate. And so with that you know, experience that people are telling me I need to isolate, it, it becomes a, a validation of my disease. So I'm really grateful to have a group of guys who are also experiencing something like that. Um, our house, uh, last night, we, we did a, we had a speaker tape on through our TV, through, through the internet. We listened to a, a spe we listened to two different speakers, actually. Um, uh, we sat, we had a discussion, um, and, you know, we've been doing, memes and things, you know, throughout the day in our group chat, which normal stuff that we normally do, but a little more, you know, supportive, I think. And we talked about some of the, some of the anxieties and, and feelings that, that seem to come up. You know, I have a cunning and baffling and powerful disease. And sometimes I don't know what's going to come up. And I'm grateful to have a bunch of guys who can get that and, and have perspective and offer me perspective and a group of people I work with too. So I have not used any virtual meetings in a long time. Um, I've also been sort of reluctant to do that. And I'm grateful that I have Joe here who's been doing it basically nonstop since this started. And Joe and I have been road dogs since the very beginning of my recovery yeah. here. Um, grabbing me when I didn't have a car, driver's license and no money, putting cigarettes in my mouth, you know, helping feed me, um, making sure that I got to meetings and, and, you know, during my little crazy period of where, I, where I was, uh, going back to some old behaviors. You know, Joe was one of the only people, one of the few people 
who, who I still connected with and, and really helped me through that time. So this is important to me and I'm glad that you're doing this. And I, I share with that. Joe's been like the, the promoter slash marketer. Yeah. For virtual meetings. Yeah, yeah, with well, all the text messages, right? I'm I like, guess as good as no, I'm not 40 yet. So I can <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I love the virtual meetings. I do miss my face-to-face meetings. I miss the contact and then the hugs. Don't get me wrong. That's a big part of recovery. I'm a meeting I'm a meeting guy. I still try to go to at least one meeting a day. On the weekends, I'll sometimes hit multiple. So I do miss the face-to-face meetings. I miss, like, my home group. Um, I miss just, you know. Those big meetings, those small meetings, I really do miss it. But uh, luckily, I was introduced very early on in treatment to online meetings, mm. um, various websites you could go to. And uh, I always knew it was an option out there. I just never really, you know, once I got out of treatment and got to go to face-to-face meetings, it was great because like I get to drive around, I get to see people, there's girls there, we go out <laughs> to eat afterwards, like all that stuff, you know? Like it was like, this yeah. is cool. There's girls there. And then this is, this is the, the ego piece, the social piece, like who's going to say hi to me, who's going to give me dap? Who's got the cool shoes on? Like all this stuff that really doesn't matter. But that was there and I enjoyed it because I'm an addict and I like just like more. I like I like the shoes. I like the girls. I like to go out to eat all that stuff, you know? Uh, but the virtual meetings are great, man. Um I was I was introduced to a treatment at a website called intherooms.com, which is basically an online meeting place for all types of meetings, whether it be AA or NA or I mean there's probably twenty fellowships there. There's refuge recovery there, there's meditation meetings there, there's co occurring and dual diagnosed meetings there. Uh, there's women's meetings, there's men's meetings. So any type of meeting you're looking for in the rooms usually has them. The schedule is very simple and it's web-based. So you can use your phone, you can use your computer. Um, so that's a very good website for those types of things. I've been attending those regularly the last few days. You can put your video up, you can share, you don't have to share. If you need meeting sheet confirmation, they have that. They basically press a button and it timestamps how long you've been there for and will give mm. you your meeting sheet confirmation. So if you're the type of person that's going to meetings, just for the sheet sign, you can still do that. Don't let the COVID virus be an excuse as to why I cannot go to meetings and get my sheet signed. Because I'm sure probation's not going to care. You know? Mm-hmm. So there are ways to get sheet signed if that's all you're looking for. But uh, I've really loved it because I'm hearing messages from all across the globe. Uh, not just local meetings. I'm hitting meetings in. I hit one on uh, a couple of days ago in South Africa. And heard a guy mm-hmm. speak from Johannesburg. And besides the fact I just love the accent. <laughs> he did a whole piece on acceptance that was great, you know, and then you have people clicking in from all across the world. You know, I, I can't say there's been a country I probably haven't seen in the last couple of days in a meeting. And I say seen because that's what it feels like. Like I get to see their face. They pop up and they go, hey, I'm Joe and I'm an addict just like they were at a meeting. The readings are there. Um, the key tags are there. The anniversary are there. And they're not actually physically getting a key tag, but they're still doing everything you would see in a normal 12-set meeting, whatever your, your flavor is. Um, I wonder... I wonder once the um, like the it, it flattens out, once the virus flattens out, if like um, people are gonna they, you know like like it so much, they're just gonna say, you know what, I'd rather do the the virtual thing than actually come and do it. I and think. What do you think? I um, think so. And it's something. It's funny really? you bring that up because um, last night in the Newman area, we kind of built a home group for a meeting that was just recently started. For NA in this area, and a couple of people started it just a few days ago, and we kind of, you know, decided to join together and and keep it going after the fact because people that work or have kids or just can't get to a meeting, they'll always have a place to log in and and have a meeting and go through the readings and go through a topic or a speaker or the literature. So still have that piece, and I really hope it's successful because I've witnessed meetings just in the last couple of days. 
where people are like, you know, this is my first time, this is my first time, I get that. But then I've seen people say, this has been my home group for 10 years. So this isn't new. The virtual bees have been around for a long, long time. Mm. And you mentioned earlier, like some people don't have a phone, some people don't have a, a, a cell phone or a computer, but a lot of these meetings have phone ins. So you can just call a number toll free and listen. You know, you, you can't get your face up, but you can still share, you can still interact. You get to hear the meeting before the meeting with all the people kind of talking and going back and forth. So there are other ways to get there if you don't have a computer or don't have a cell phone with a network. You can always just call in, phone in. There's a lot of uh, meetings that are like that. I know NA has a big website set up, virtual-na.com, that has meetings that will sort based on your time zone for days and times. Um, I mean, sometimes when I'm at work and I'm, I'm kind of doing filing or kind of administration work, I can put a meeting on the background and just hear people share. And it's done two things for me recently. First of all, it gives me the affirmation that everywhere is going through the same thing. We all have this virus problem, quarantine and social distancing, and my meetings are closed. It's a worldwide problem. Whether the people are in Ireland or the UK or far off in Australia, I've heard it all across the globe. So we're all dealing with that as people in recovery. So it confirms that. But second of all, I'm hearing a lot of hope, a lot of gratitude. Mm. Just the fact there's still a place to go. Just the fact that someone that is stuck home that is not allowed to leave legally can still get a meeting somewhere. So I've heard a lot of hope. So I'll play it in the background at work and just listen to it. And it's cool because I can mute it and uh, it may miss someone's share, but I can still take care of when someone walks in. I can still get my job done. So for me, it's giving me a way too to kind of listen and dig in. And there's new Facebook pages out there that have tons of meetings out there. Most local areas are, are creating meetings on different applications like Zoom or blue jeans or go to meeting so if you do a little search in your local area you can easily find some form of virtual meeting for whatever fellowship you prefer because i've seen it for all of them you know i'm more of an na guy but i've seen a lot of different virtual meetings start up just in the last few days but i've also found a lot of established meetings i've been there for a long long time in every type of fellowship well what i like about with the gratitude for me is that this is a platform i'm not familiar with and, and I'm not particularly comfortable with yet, and so I, I do want to explore. Um, but it's another way to keep connected when I can't get to an actual meeting, and I like this. And in Virginia, we're seeing a push towards, you know, getting broadband out to rural communities. And that's a federal thing that's being talked about, too. But I know in Virginia specifically, we've been working on, well, we, <laughs> the, the, the government's been working on pushing out broadband for telemedicine. Mm -hmm. um, specifically, those are the thinking. But this becomes another... Um, a value, you know, to, to get meetings to people who are not social distancing because of this virus, but are socially distanced because of they're just socially distanced. So, mm -hmm. so this becomes a, the more we know about this, the more we can help, you know, get this out to people. You know, McShin is a, um, an incredible resource, but we're just one link in a chain. Mm -hmm. So to be able to link to other services uh, and to be able to help people in ways when, in, in new ways, this is. I'm grateful that you're taking this on and learning about this and helping to share this with us for those of us who might be a little reluctant and miss the actual physical connectivity. I, I, I miss that. I miss the hugging. You know, I need that validation that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, yeah, I just, I, I, you know, and it's not that um, I'm opposed or, or like anti virtual meetings. It's just, I, I just feel more, I feel more in the presence of people. Than like looking at a screen, um, you know, or talking through a phone, or text messaging. Like I just feel more like like as we're sitting here, us three together. Like mm -hmm. I feel Joe's passion 
mm-hmm. you know, next to them. But when I'm doing that virtual stuff, when I'm on the phone, texting, just like building a relationship, you know, it's like 101, you know, sponsorship stuff. Somebody asked me to sponsor them and they start texting me all the time. No, I don't, don't text me. Take like we got to, we got to talk. We got to have like a face to face, you know, uh, relationship. Um, and I guess that's kind of where my, you know, that's, that's where like, I, that's what I want, you know, not, not, not really opposed to the virtual. I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad that, you know, that like, like Joe said, man, people have, there's no excuse. You know what I mean? Like there's no excuse. Yeah. You still, you still can get to a meeting, whether it's phone, virtual, um, you know, do it. And, and, you know, hopefully this, this will pass. Um, you know, my sponsor always says what's in front of you will be soon behind you, soon be behind you as long right. as you put one foot in front of the other. So, you know, that's what I believe with this, with this virus. Um, but you know, it is something that we've never faced at all as a society, you know, so we got to stay together yeah. and we got to keep helping each other. It's going to get tough. Not just, not just recovery wise, it's going to get tough employment wise, you know, mm-hmm. um, People are going to get start getting laid off, not be able to pay bills, and that stuff's going to get scary. So. That's why I'm grateful. We're being very vigilant here with how we handle this. Because if I didn't have a place to come in the day, at least get some FaceTime with people, I mean, I would. I imagine it's very difficult those that are on full time quarantine, especially those that are home, uh, maybe with children too, like a lot of people in the house. And I've heard a lot of people saying with their kids, it's hard to explain to them what's going on. It's hard to explain to a seven year old why you can't go to school, why you can't go to the playground, why you can't play with yeah, your neighbor's yeah. kid, you know, why you're stuck in the house. Um, so I think about that a lot. I'm grateful to have this FaceTime. And you probably see, and I come down to the first floor more often the last few days because I'm getting lonely up here. You know, we're keeping people kind of <laughs> down the first floor as much as possible. So yeah. uh, I've been coming downstairs just to get some FaceTime here and there. Um, but another piece about the virtual meetings, I, I've been thinking about it recently. Is like when I, you know, I'm not too far gone from when I first started the meetings. It was very uncomfortable. Like I used to not like, even going to meetings at first because it was like, man, this big group of people. Mm-hmm. I gotta find it. Like that was always that was hard for a while. If like, I didn't go with someone that knew exactly where it was in that church basement, like I would walk up to a big church and be like, I'm never gonna find it. <laughs> and, and how do you walk up to a group of strangers and say, Hey, is there an NA meeting here? Is there an AA meeting? You know, you can't. That that passed <laughs> well, quickly. And my point is that with the virtual meetings, it very quickly got cozy. You know, like mm-hmm. last night's meeting, um, the I felt more of a connection there because everyone's face was up and I knew most of them. So going from certain meetings where I usually keep my video off just because I'm, I guess, introverted and shy and don't care to see people uh, versus last night I put my face up on and it was cool to see people's faces because we get more information from their facial expressions. I can hear the tone of voice. It's still not the same as face to face. Don't be wrong, but I felt the connection because I knew most people in that room. And if I didn't know them, I've seen them from meetings locally. So it was really cool to go from these virtual meetings that were across the globe to one that was pretty local and specific because like, I felt like, man, it's good to see. Plus I got to be in a meeting with people. I don't usually get to be in a meeting with people that go to different home groups is where they live in Richmond, but I still see them. I know they're part of this recovery community locally. So it was really nice to have that kind of extra level connection by this new home group being established in Richmond as a virtual meeting. You know, I really was happy about that happened last night. So be yeah, a lot of people are stuck at home man. a lot of people are able to do these virtual meetings right now because they're not working or they're um, on leave or they have paid time off that's forced, you know, and we'll see where this takes us the next few weeks and months with the economy and financially, you know, it's going to be a hit, but um, just like Jesse said, whatever's behind us, whatever's in front of the student behind us, we just keep working through it, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on, and I, my, um, <laughs> and my little disease is looking at this video feed right now, and I'm thinking, man, these cameras are just really flattening us and making us look heavier than we are. <laughs> really? You don't want to see this. <laughs> Thanks a Todd, lot. Todd, we need Thanks to talk. <laughs> we need to talk about how this camera works. Um, but it reminds yeah, I me can't, that I can't go to the gym because of this damn coronavirus. Well, you know what we can do, and what I'm going to do is I have clothes Work out to go. virtually. That's <laughs> <laughs> a start. I got a house. I got a guy in, I live with who's got to hold me accountable and make me go running this afternoon. It's 80 freaking degrees outside, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna socially distance ourselves. Primarily yeah, because those, of, those, those yes, my toe, toe shoes. shoes. I love my toe <laughs> shoes. That's what they're for. That's cool. I'll probably go for a run today when I get off, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember yeah. I honestly had a, a, a lady come a few weeks ago, a trainer, about simple things. You can't get to the gym. You can easily do squats at the house. You can do push-ups. You can do sit-ups. You can mm-hmm. do all sorts of, you know, the major le- the major muscle groups, the legs, the back, the chest, the arms. You can get those worked out in your home. Even by picking up your kids and just, just squat your kid twenty times, you know, yeah. or squat the smallest guy in your house. I don't know, you know. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of ways you can still get that exercise in the house without running. Because so, even some people are saying, "Hey, you shouldn't be out there running because you may be spreading your germs elsewhere." You know, so it's well, we <laughs> yeah, that's I suppose. Let's run around the house. I suppose, yeah. I'll run in the park, you know. Uh, I'll wear a mask, <laughs> a scarf. I, you know, it, it dawned on me that you have kids at home. Right now, what are they doing to occupy their time? So, cleaning? yeah, uh, we're in the process <laughs> of moving, so we've been uh, doing some packing. Um, they're actually getting now what's what's being said, which I, I've been terrible at following it is homeschooling. Like they're they're asking the parents to print out these homework stuff and 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 have the um, your kids do it. Um, I haven't done any of it yet, so, but. I'm in the process. We'll, we'll probably start Monday. I mean, it's been a week now. That this week is their first week out. You know, let them get accustomed to being out. And then next week we'll start doing homework with them, you know, doing the school at home, that kind of thing. Um, hopefully the house isn't burnt down and holes aren't in the wall because it's being sold. <laughs> so. You're selling that. Is it all proctored and graded by the parents? That, that I don't know, you know, because I really haven't looked into it too much. Uh you know, I I got a couple emails about it, and um, and then honesty, she was talking about it with her son. You know, telling me what she has to do with her son, and I was like, well, dang, I ain't paying no attention. So I need to pull it up and look at it. Like you know, it I, I think maybe you could probably send it in. I guess worksheets and that kind <laughs> of stuff, math, a little easier. But I'm thinking about like if I had to write a paper, I'd always get my parents to help me. So like, you know, I was a decent student, but to my mom, I was an A plus student when she read my paper. The teacher. Might not say the same, so I wonder oh, how you can right. be objective. Yeah. Grade your own kids, kind of like creative yeah. work. The creative stuff, yeah. You know, because oh, A plus, right? All students' uh-huh. grades go way up all of a sudden. You know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think there's there's some sort of accountability with the teachers still, and and as far as turning in written assignments, yeah, you know, and probably you know being because because I don't know when you and I were in school, we were still doing things by old fashioned pen yeah. and paper, all three of us, I guess. But you know, nowadays they got these computer things. And, yeah, my um, and my house right now is full of boxes, all packed up. We got boxes everywhere. Uh, hopefully, the the move goes through. Huh? You know, there's it's no telling. Man. It's cool. This this whole thing has got everything on halt. So. A friend shared about the uh, real estate market being, you know, who knows? Because <clears throat> yeah. if this only lasts a few weeks, probably fine. But you know, if, 
if some people project it lasts in months and months, like who knows what the house will be, you know, what the housing market will look like, what the rental market will look like. You know, people are kind of scared to move. I know something works here that I think is being held from moving. Like they had a moving date, but it got oh, yeah. pushed back just because of the current situation, you know? But you know what's awesome about that particular person? You're at work mm-hmm. helping the next person. Yeah. On the phones, taking the phone calls, you know, taking the intakes and and doing the job that's the next right thing in front of in front of that person. So you know, and that's and I admire this, Jesse. I admire, I've always admired this about you. You know, because you show up and you do the work. You know, you get in here and you're trying to make a difference. And Joe, you know, I've you know worked with you now for a little while, and I've known you for a while, and you just show up, you do the work. You know, which is important to my recovery is to help the next person. You know, and and I don't always want to do that. Brings up a good point, though. A lot of people have been asking or asked for help on what can I do for service work right now. So, right. You know, how right. I can't really set up meetings. Ours are already set up, you know, besides maybe the disinfectant, but there's not enough service going on because we're, we're disconnected. So uh, that's been a topic I've been thinking about recently. Like, you know, how, what, what's the service option out there? I, I can't help people I used to. I can't be in touch yeah. with people as I used to. So how can I still be a service? You can make it, phone calls. Sorry. Make phone calls, you know, send out gratitude text messages. You know, that's these are things that, that – I, I, yeah, how can I be of service? That's a good question. I was maybe that phone line. I know a lot of the 12 step fellowships have those phone lines. Oh, um, yeah, that's a true. good way to, you know, help try to be yeah. of service. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, talking about this virtual stuff, man, that's good, Joe. You got a lot of information about that. So there's but a tremendous, yeah. out, there's tremendous amount yeah. of meetings out there. Every time I look on the couple of pages I'm on, I see more and more. It's like a, you know, even if, Richmond, I think, is lucky. We have a lot of meetings. I don't care what fellowship, we have a lot of meetings, so it's hard to make excuses why I can't get. But if you can't drive somewhere or you're, I don't know, house arrest or you got a kid at the home, I get that piece. So now the amount of virtual meetings that are available before all this happened and currently there's really no excuse to not be able to make a meeting, especially if you're feeling kind of squirrely. Um, there's so many out there, and I just think it's cool to try to explore. So to me, I, I always thought it was cool when I started getting my meetings and going a lot more regularly. I was like, man, I want to get to every meeting. I want to go see this one, that one. I wanted to go to all of them, you know, because right. my addiction started to manifest in other areas. So, right, yeah. So now it's, I, I got to, like, check myself because yeah. I want to go to every online meeting. I want to go to every home group. I want to go to the ones in California. I want to go to the ones in Canada. I want to go all across the globe to hear and see what it's like. But what I've heard is the same thing predecessors told me for years and years, no matter where you go. In the rooms, I'm going to get a strong message. I'm going to hear the readings. I'm going to hear people share about some of the same stuff, same situations, good, bad, and different. So um, I'm just really grateful they're there, man. It's, it's made a difference for the last few days because um, you mentioned earlier, like it's a perfect storm for my introversion, int- being an introvert and uh, and also having to follow these rules of, of, of social spacing. Um, I'm like, oh, great, I can go home. and uh, That's good. I can go home and not talk to anyone and, and chill. Right. Well, it's a perfect storm for that kind of situation. So having these meetings and being accountable to go uh, has really helped me with my recovery last few days. And I'm 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 really grateful that this place, you know, the McChin Foundation, is choosing to stay open, mm-hmm. is choosing to keep the doors open for anybody who wants to come in and get some recovery. And by doing these virtual groups uh, that John's been doing, other people have been doing, and you know these little virtual podcasts that we're doing here. Um, you know, I hope this is helpful. Um, we're not immune to the anxieties, the fears, the depressions. And if there's anything, you know, people, if you're listening and you want to talk about, 
you know, put it in the comments. You know, we, we would like to, you know, bring content that's relatable, that's content that's important to, to you, which is important to us. And we want to keep this, you know, fresh and engaging. Um, and we, you know, recovery is recovery. We can sit here and talk about that all day. I love that. You know, we, we've done that. Joe and I have done that on days where we've gone to four and five meetings a day back mm-hmm. when neither one of us worked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but now, you know, we, we, we get to talk recovery as a, as a profession mm-hmm. um, with, with really smart people who really help keep things in perspective. And so, you know, keep engaged. Keep watching what we're doing online. You know, the groups, the, these podcasts, we'll do another one tomorrow. You know, we'll keep just putting content out there, just trying to keep people engaged. Um, Come to a meeting. Hatcher's going to have meetings. Uh, some might be canceled. I know there were some cancellations of meetings uh, for the twelve-step fellowships. You know, we don't. We're not the twelve-step fellowships. We aren't those home groups. So those are determined by those groups. But we have kept the doors open um, for the day groups. Come, you know, if you need something. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's just um, it's important that we just remember we have an illness. Um, you can't stop treating this illness because another um, another one has struck society. Um, you know, if not that cunning, that baffling thing that it talks about in some of the literature that we read, it'll it'll attack us, and then um, you know we'll we'll be we'll be using again. So you know, I just think that's real important. That's what I keep up front with me. You know, I got to continue to to treat this no matter what's going on. Um, so like closing McShin made no sense to me at all, you know, because that's what we're here for. We're here to help treat individuals that suffer from substance use disorder. So if we close our doors, you know, that's like closing the door for somebody, you know, if they're trying to go get chemotherapy or something, you know, mm-hmm. that's just the reality of it. You know, we have an illness. We need to continue to treat it. We just need to take extra precautionary measures, you know, and try to keep everybody safe in the meantime, you know, while we're treating this. Um but um, I got to – was that your closing remarks? I got to step out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll close with this. Um, you know, I did – I had something – I had something thought to say, and, and wouldn't you know, it went right out of my head. Um, but we will keep the doors open. Keep, uh, keep in mind, I want to say thank you to everybody who joined, everybody who watched and listened today. Um, again, my name is Nathan uh, Mitchell. I am the Community Outreach and Advocacy Coordinator here at the McShin Recovery Resource Foundation. And like I've said the last couple days, just like Motel 8, we'll leave the lights on. Uh, I want to say thank you again to Jesse Waisaki, our Chief Operating Officer, for coming in and talking. And, of course, Joe Pelicane, our, our uh, what is your title, Joe? Medication and Urine Screen Coordinator, I think. Uh, yeah. it, but most importantly, Joe is a peer recovery specialist and a, and a peer recovery coach, and he's real good at that. He is really good at that. Thank yeah. you. Um, with that... Uh, thank you, Todd, for being an amazing producer over here and cracking the whip and making sure that uh, we have some kind of time and flow and for putting all this together and, and fixing microphones at the last minute. Um, Next time, I do not want to look fat, Todd. <laughs> I'm out. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs>